0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Today on the Mac and Bone Show.
2: We got to get to our next guest. Our next guest was right. Boy, was he? Just ask my wife. I don't like admitting people were right when I was wrong, but our next guest was dead right about the Frank Reich hire. We didn't want to hear it. He told us again when he was on the show he got even more right bone after he left the show. He kept getting right. And he got more writer, um, uh, and we got to give him credit for that, but it also makes us very intrigued. What does he think about David Tepper's next hire and Dave Canales? What does he think about Dan Morgan being the GM? What does he think about the state of this franchise and Tepper as an owner? We got so many questions to ask him. He is a former longtime executive in the NFL. He hosts the GM Shuffle podcast. He's got a great um, uh, book out there about the NFL football done right, setting the record straight on coaches, players, and the history of the NFL. He is Michael Lombardi. He joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Michael, hello. Happy New Year. How you doing, man? What's going on? Uh
3: I'm doing great. I didn't think you would remember. I, I you accused me of, of making it personal and, and I was just being honest. It was business,
2: Sonny. It was never personal. You know? so, well, we got to give you your due, man. Uh, We're uh, going to give Michael, you your due on we, that. No we, doubt.
0: we gave you credit on the year for being right. I believe it was right after week number one of the regular season. Didn't take long. My goodness. Well, I
3: appreciate that. My. I mean, it was pretty, I mean, I hate say, I mean, it was pretty obvious from the get go. It was never going to get right. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's one of those things where the the hardest thing to do in sports is to evaluate your own team, honestly. Yeah. You know, and when someone from the outside evaluates it, you know, you take it as, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They have a vendetta. You know, it's always about, you know, you have an agenda when you say something. And, and I really never do. I just what I say what I see and sometimes I get my foot put in my mouth, but that's what it is.
2: Well, this one, your foot is nowhere near your mouth. It's in our mouths. All right. And we can definitely admit that, man. And I think it gives you this credibility. Like, I think Panther fans were really intrigued to hear you're coming back on because there's so many things with this organization that now is driving us crazy and has us worried for the future. Let's start. Let's start with Dave Canales, though. Is this higher? I know. One, I know. Some people believe. Ah, oh, it's just a little too early for him. He's got, you know, he's got a lot of qualities, but it's a little too early. What do you think of this hire? Uh, your honest opinion on this hire?
3: Well, I think this. I, I think anytime you hire a guy who's only called plays one year in the National Football League, who's young, you better make sure the infrastructure around him is really good to help him become a good head coach. I think one of the fallacies of of the NFL is we everybody is in search of the next Sean McVay, right? Everybody thinks we're going to find Sean McVay. And my wife has told me for many years, stop looking for the next Bill Belichick. It doesn't exist, you know? (laughs) And so the Sean McVay doesn't exist. And Dave Canales, I mean, the, the appeal that you have to see if you just draw a straight line is, well, he made Baker a better player than we could make him. And so that gives him credibility within our building. I don't know if that's accurate. I, I think sometimes when we draw those straight lines, it's a bias that we call aprophona, which means that you try to connect things that don't connect. And so I, I truly believe that, you know, a young coach in the league needs somebody to help him become a better head coach. So there's only two people in every organization that really winning matters, right? And so it's the general manager and it's the head coach. Everybody else can do their job and get promoted. Everybody else can do their job and make more money. Everybody else can do their job and keep their job. The only two people that are the residual effect of winning are the GM and the head coach. And young coaches like Canales and some of these other guys, they don't quite understand that. They're still operating in the assistant coach mode, which means they're not challenging the defensive staff. They're not challenging the special teams. They're not challenging player personnel on how to become better. And I think that's the hardest part to get over. And for a team like Carolina that doesn't have draft picks, they're going to need a head coach who has the ability to build a program that is going to challenge the assistants to make the players better and not always say, well, we just need better players. And so that's where I kind of get into. And I think Dan Morgan is going to have to help him quite a bit. And I think the real fundamental question of the Panthers is Dan Morgan able to do that.
0: Did it surprise you on the Morgan hire that they didn't go clean slate and they they hired someone that was working so closely for so long with Scott Fitterer?
3: No, nothing surprises me in the NFL. <laughs> nothing. I mean, it, it, it's a league. Bill Walsh told me this in 1984. It is not the league of the best and the brightest. It is the league of who is talking to the owner. In 1977, he told Paul Zimmerman. Uh, the story of the NFL that truly applies. And he said at the top of the club, you've got an owner who doesn't have knowledge he should have. He just has the knowledge of the business. He's got a president who's putting perceptions in his ear or a general manager telling him the players are better than they really are and that the coach is messing everything up. And then that chain of events starts the change of events within an organization. So, look, I don't know how Dan can absolve himself from the decisions of Scott and what has happened in that building since he got there. But obviously, he did a good job of a convincing the search firm that they hired from the outside that he wasn't involved, and b you know he convinced Tepper and his wife that he wasn't involved. So it's a fairly good you know he might he might have a book in him. He might have a book in him on how to do it. I, I applaud him for it. I really do. I was never that talented. (laughs)
2: <laughs> we're we're talking to Michael Lombardi, GM Shuffle Podcast. He's going to tell you about the book too that is out there and uh, selling like crazy about the league and how things work. Michael, uh, we've we've played multiple audio clips of you whether it's on McAfee Show or your GM Shuffle Podcast where you've talked about David Tepper. It's it's he is the he is the person in Charlotte sports that frustrates us the most, and that that's a there, there are a lot of them that do right now. Um, right. What do you think? You've been around owners, you've been around the league. How how much should we worry that he will never kind of figure it out of how to hire better, how to better judge, you know, executives and coaches, and, and better stay out of things and not meddle? How worried should we be that he never figures it out?
3: Well, let me start by saying this. I actually thought he was going to be one of the best owners in the league. Because I thought he was going to be able to apply everything that he did in business and bring it to the NFL. I I never thought he was going to be a guy that relied on his cell phone and listened to people, the media people out there that he does. I I I was shocked by, the the way in which his behavior has been so different than what his behavior was in business, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I and I thought that David Tepper, as smart as he is, to make as much money as he did in a working class background, that what yeah, he achieved yeah. is remarkable. Yep. I I think the number one job an owner has, this is the only thing an owner should do, is ask questions. He should be the best question asker of all time. He should be direct and ask questions. He What he needs to do is set the philosophy of the building. So what that means is he has to come in and say to the people that work for him, this is the kind of team I want. I want to be this kind of team. I, I don't want players that have off-the-field issues that involve this. I don't want anybody in my organization who does this. I want the model of what I want, and here it is. Now go build it. I'm going to give you three years. I'm going to ask you questions, but you better come through with that. That's what owners do. See, the people, what people don't understand is leaders do the right thing. Managers do things right. The owner is the leader. And so he has to set the philosophy. If you think Dan Morgan is going to set the philosophy and compete against the higher levels of the league, I'm not sure we're going to go down that road. So it's a really challenging thing. The owner has to do that. And I had high hopes for David. I really did. I, I, I mean, I, I think I sent him my book. I tried to kind of engage him in a sense to where, look, I'm an outside consultant. I'm not looking for a job, but I think I could help you become a better owner. Like my first book, Gridiron Genius, if he would read that, it would make him a better owner because it would allow him to ask questions instead of listening to the the media people that he listens to, the insiders that have direct access to him. And so I think that's the biggest concern. And I, I, I think to me, he has to change, and, and he has to use his expertise in his other field to then come into this field. It's the Dunning-Kruger effect in in, in business. It's when you have expertise in another field, and you think that expertise applies to a new field. Yeah. And it and it does in a sense of asking questions, but it doesn't in terms of running the team.
0: Michael, we, we were quite stunned in this cycle that Bill Belichick, a guy you know very well, uh, did not get hired anywhere, especially with where we thought it was going in Atlanta. What was your reaction to to Belichick not having a job right now and where it goes from here for him?
3: Well, I mean, if if you're really serious about winning, if you're serious about hiring the best, why wouldn't you even call him? Why wouldn't you pick up the phone and say, "Hey, you know, let's have a conversation"? I mean, if that's kind of what you're really serious about, you know, I know he's well, he's 71 years old. Well, if you just sat and watched him work and listen to people that have worked with him or talk to people. He's a different 71. I mean, the man will outwork. I promise you, I can promise you on this day today, he would outwork Dan Morgan. There's no question in my mind. He'll outwork him. He'll outwork anybody. Okay. So the, not even pick up the phone doesn't, it doesn't send a message to your fan base that you're really interested. Now people say, well, Belichick's not a good personnel guy. We can't give him control of the organization. Oh, I got that right. Six Super Bowl trophies just came to that building. Rob Gronkowski just showed up there. You know, uh, you know, people just showed uh, the the team just had good players, but they just didn't get there at another way. I mean, it's a lazy narrative that that creates itself. And if to me, I find it hard to believe that the great. I have people in the league texting me, "How is Belichick not on their list? How are they not on Washington's mm-hmm. list? Or how are it's absurd." But you're really not serious about winning. What you're serious about doing is being involved. I I have this website called The Daily Coach, which we write about quite a bit about leadership. That's with the great George Raveling, a former basketball coach at USC, uh, Iowa, and Washington State. He and I started it four years ago. Yesterday, we wrote a column called Guard Your Desk, which is basically the, the NFL. People are intimidated by knowledge in the nfl they don't want to bring somebody in that could be better than them so they guard their desk and i think that ultimately is what happened in
0: carolina
2: yeah, very interesting all right and the book's interesting too football done right setting the record straight on coaches players, and the history of the NFL. Check it out. If you want to hear f- more from Michael Lombardi, um, uh, and uh, uh, you can find it right there in Football Done Right. Michael, we appreciate you, man. Thanks Anytime, for guys. Thanks for coming on. Thank Be you. good.
0: Best of luck.
2: Uh, All right, come on. <laughs> I think we need it. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. If, we, if we're calling soon, we got a problem going on here. <laughs> oh, By man. the way, Tep, are you not holding back? Hey, is he, Michael Tep, Lombardi? I know you're listening.
0: Read his books, man. Come on. <laughs> Listen to Mac and Bone
1: every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment only on sports radio 92.7 wfnz the exclusive home of the charlotte
4: sports fan
0: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for
4: you
1: Instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show.
5: All right, let's now go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome former Panthers coach from those years I just mentioned, 2011 to 2019. He coached Washington from 2020 until this past season. Ron Rivera now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline on Wes and Walker. Coach, thank you so much for the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. No doubt about it. Coach, we really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man, and I did want to ask a little bit after you had your interview with Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer. That's among the many reasons I wanted to reach out because a couple of things that you talked about with Scott, you discussed some of the advice that you might give to Dave Canales after being named the Panthers' next head coach. I thought it was interesting you said be patient, and you also said ask them to be patient like they were for me. I thought that was interesting yeah. coach. Like how, how patient do you feel David Tepper was once they stepped into new ownership?
3: Well, I think for the most part, you know, David was pretty patient. Um, I think the biggest thing more he wanted was, and he wanted to do it his way, which I got nothing but respect for, because again, you know, you spend that kind of money, you should be able to do it your way. And he gave me two seasons, you know, and for the most part, I think the biggest thing that, that you know, looking at it and looking at it again was, you know, was, was, it was a tear down build it back up more so than anything else and that's really what his his whole plan was was to come in take it apart and then put it back together which again you want to build things the right way and you want to build it for the long haul. I mean we had a great you know a great nine season run when I was in Carolina and you know the most unfortunate part was we didn't have the quarterback. You know when when Cam got hurt in 2006 in 2007 uh, excuse me and then in 217 you know, Cam had a good year, but you could tell at the end he, he was losing that shoulder, and then it just, you know, the next two seasons he was injured, and and anytime you get in a situation like that, you don't have your guy, your quarterback. That's very tough. It really was, and so I think again with him, it was about okay, you know, he, he gave me a couple years. Now let's see about what we can do going forward, and that's that's really pretty much what he decided to do.
5: Well, and coach, I mean, we're hoping Bryce Young can be that quarterback, right? They draft him number mm-hmm. one overall. Do you think he can be that QB? And if you were the coach this go-around, what kind of things would uh-huh. you do for Bryce in order to ensure that he has the best chance to be that franchise quarterback?
3: Well, you know, I would take a long look at what New Orleans did, you know, with with, with Drew Brees. You know, you build up that front. you you got a massive center and guard combination. Those three big guys have to be stout at the point. They can't allow any push or penetration. And then make sure we got good athletic tackles to, to, to wash those outside rushers. And then give him an opportunity to, to, to do the things that he does best, you know, uh, whether it's, it's play-action pass, whether it's, it's drawback pass, or it's, it's from the shotgun. These are the things that they, they need to do with a guy who has that kind of ability. He, he reads very well. He's a, he's a great timing passer. You know, he delivers a good catchable ball. I mean, these are all positive things that, again, coming in, do these things for the quarterback. I like some of the things that, that, that Canales was doing, you know, when he had Baker Mayfield last season, I mean, it was very successful. A lot of it's out of the book that, that they did using Russell Wilson. So there's, there's some crossover there and some potential. Russell's just a big stout quarterback. He's not quite, you know, a, a real tall guy. And so he and Bryce are, are very similar in, in those respects. Baker Mayfield, very similar in those respects. So again, to me, take a nice hard, long look at what those guys do. And again, you have an opportunity. You've got to make sure you have playmakers around them to give them an opportunity to distribute the ball to different guys. And then a good running game is always the best friend for a quarterback.
6: Ron Rivera joins us on the Bodyworks Plus guest hotline. And, Coach, just uh, based off your comments there – As far as trying to fix this team, especially on the offensive side, are linemen going to be your priority over finding that number one wide receiver? Which one do you think uh, is the most important for them to find this offseason? Well,
3: again, when you get to your pick, you know, in in, uh, this upcoming draft, you've got to decide which one's available. If if the, if the best offensive line left on the board is available, that's the guy you want to take. You can you can find receivers. You just got to be willing to pay those guys because because there's going to be some quality guys that are going to be available come this turnaround because this is going to be a, a draft heavy uh, offensive line and quarterbacks initially, and then it's going to it's going to fall back into um, into what I'm hearing uh, as far as playmakers. There's going to be some good running backs and some good wide receivers available in the second third rounds as well. So you know, this this is a good draft where I think if, if they can come out with a couple of good picks, I know they're limiting picks, but if they can come out with a couple of good ones, and then find one or two in free agency that can help. I think this could really help this organization.
6: Coach, when you got here, you inherited a two and fourteen football team, and so from a culture perspective, what was your goal, and when did you know that it was starting to work?
3: You know, it was first and foremost was to find the quarterback. Um, you know, we had a philosophy that we were going to. Protect this quarterback, and then we got to make sure we have playmakers around him. And, and one of the things that I was fortunate enough when I when I came into it was, you know, we, we still had Jordan Gross. You know, we still had Ryan Khalil. You know, with, with those two guys, uh, you could build around him, and we did. We were able to find some, some solid, stout offensive linemen that really fit the bill for us. And then there was fine playmakers. And one of the really good things, and i got to give credit to Marty Herney, you know, he went out and he got Greg Olson right off the bat. We had a great combination of running backs, um, you know, and 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 DeAngelo and Jonathan, and you know, from there everything just kind of blossomed and took off. And then again, you know, to me, he, he's a future Hall of Famer. And we had Steve Smith, and so when you have playmakers, and you were we were able to protect Cam, we did a lot of good things. We Remember, my first two years, the hardest thing we had to find was the defense. And once we drafted Luke the next year, in in, in my second season, you could see the potential for us for growth. So. To me, I would say was once we had Luke, I knew it was just a matter of finding the rest of the pieces. Uh, in 2013, we put it together, uh, you know, and, and I thought, you know, the, the things that we did from 2013 on were really, really good, again, until Cam got hurt in 2016, so... We, we we really took off in 2013.
5: It's funny. I, I feel like we have two of the 2011 Panthers newcomers on the show today. We had Greg Olson on earlier. We just need to go get Cam, mm-hmm. and then we can hit the trifecta. <laughs> that, simple as that. Yes, you could, most certainly. Most <laughs> <Yeah>. certainly. <laughs> it's Rod Rivera joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline here on Wes and Walker. You know, Ron, it's speaking more to what Wes was just asking you, the reporting on the Panthers right now is that the culture is often described as dysfunction, at least with what we've been hearing, what we've seen recently reported you were hired in Washington to fix a culture that also had what was a terrible reputation at the time. How do you fix that here, Ron? Like, how would you begin to fix the culture here if you were taking over in Carolina this go around?
3: Well, I think, the, you know, Mr. Tepper did exactly what, you know, he felt he needed to do. And that was, he went out and found a, a young, ambitious uh, head coach, you know, a guy that's coming off of a successful run, in, uh, in Tampa Bay, and, and, and I think the thing that you know, Coach Canales has to continue to do is now feed off of that. Build from there. Again, make sure he's holding everybody accountable starting with himself, first and foremost. And as these guys continue to, to put these pieces into place, you've got to stick to that. That was one of the things that we were able to do early on. And then the thing that really helped me was the locker room took charge of themselves. When the locker room can do the things that they've done and, and, and keep you know adding players you have a chance. You know, one of the things I always tell people, I knew the culture was great in 2015 when, you know, my brother had passed away of cancer, unfortunately, and and right in the middle of training camp, I had to go to the funeral. And so when I went away to the funeral, um, you know, I I, I talked to the team captains, I talked to Steve Wilkes, who was my assistant head coach at the time, and I left for, for, and I missed two practices and, and two team meetings. And when I got back, Danny Morrison came to me and said, Coach, it was tremendous. Your captains took over. Coach Wilkes was was, was amazing. And you know, not to not to, not to put anything on you, Coach, but the truth is it was like you you never left. And and so that's when I knew uh, we had a good opportunity to have a great season in twenty fifteen was because the players took charge, my coaches stepped up, uh and and, and that really kind of signified that, that we were headed in the right direction.
6: Coach, how hard will it be for these guys to, to shake off what happened this past season?
3: Um, you know, if you could have some success early on, it, it'll be easy to shake it off. And then that's why I, I said, you know, folks have gotta be patient. You, you know, the fan base has to be patient. Just know that they're you know, Coach Canals is gonna come in and do the best he can and, and, and do everything he can to 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 you know, endear the the, the, the fan base because again it, it's a good fan base and we know that we saw it. We saw how Everybody responded when, when things started to go in the right direction and, and our guys got out into the community and, and again, to me this is you know, it it it's it, it's not hard to to, to be appreciative uh when, when you're you're doing your best, trying as hard as you can and at the same time making sure and, and recognizing that, hey, the fan base, be patient, just understand what we're trying to do and doing everything they can, showing the fans that they're doing and they're committed, it'll help.
5: Former Panther coach, former Washington coach, Ron Rivera, joining us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Ron, a couple more questions before we get you out of here. Uh, I I know you talked with Scott Fowler about this as well, but you had a couple of interviews Mm -hmm. for a defensive coordinator job this offseason, including a reported Rams interview over the weekend. Ron, how did that interview go, and do you expect to be coaching somewhere this year or next season?
3: Well, everything it's been going well. It really has. I've talked with several other teams behind the scenes. And just kind of waiting things out. Um, I can be patient. I'm not in any hurry. Uh, that's one of the nice things about it. I've got a few options outside of football as well that's still connected to football. So we'll see how all those things go in the next week or so. Um, and should really have answers once we get uh, once we get past the Super Bowl. So again, I'm in no hurry. I'm kind of enjoying my time. I'm out here in California with the wife. You know, we got an opportunity to, to come out to uh, to Monterey, California, my hometown area, and just get away from everything. And, uh, of course you guys call me up, and drag me right back. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs)
5: Uh. Oh, after he said that now he broke up and now he just decided to hang up on us. I I think Ron is actually breaking Uh, up with some of the signal. Ron, are you there?
3: Here, guys. I'm here. I'm back. Hello. Okay. Here's yeah, yeah.
5: We, we got you. We, we want to keep dragging yep. you. I'm sorry, Ron. Don't enjoy the California sun just yet. We still got to keep you in the depths of the city minutes. of Charlotte. I, I did want to ask you, well, you: Would you take a job outside of defensive coordinator if, if it was anything, I guess, "quote unquote" below what a defensive coordinator would be in the NFL?
3: Um, you know what? You know what? I, I, I um, you know what I really often thought about would be a really cool thing to do was, was, was to be connected with a team. And, and work primarily with the head coach, a young head coach, and just sit there and, and, and talk to them about what the pitfalls are and what the positive things are. And hey, you know, and be that sounding board. Cause you know what happened for me? I, I, I'll tell you the quick story. So after my second season, okay, we had a good first year, finished strong. Uh, we had a good start to the second year, but then we kind of petered. And then at the very end, we got rolling again. I think well, we won five out of our last six. And when I sat down with Mr. Richardson after, after season two, we had a great conversation. Uh, he liked my plan going forward. And the one thing he said to me is, you know, Ron, you need a mentor. You need to have somebody you can rely on, you can call and talk with. And I realized at that point in time, you know, I didn't hire a former head coach. I don't have somebody around me like that. And, and I always felt bad about calling, you know, Coach Reed uh, or, or Coach North Turner and, and to ask them questions, you know, because they're busy too. So I felt bad about that. So I really didn't have a go-to guy. And so I made some mistakes, obviously, my first couple seasons. I still make mistakes, too, but my first two most certainly. So he tells me, he says, you know what, you should reach out to John Madden. Well, fortunate enough, I knew Coach Madden. So when I called him, um, you know, on on, on Mr. Richardson's urging, we had a great conversation, and he said, I'd be happy to sit down and mentor you. And so that started uh, what became a really good friendship for me and a great mentorship because he really helped me and head in the right direction. And so I was thinking about that. And I I talked to to the commissioner one day uh, about a mentorship type program. I said, you know, that's something I would love to do uh, at some point, is is be able to work with young head coaches and say, hey, guys, you know, this is the things that you got to be aware of. These things you got to, you know, think about. And you should have a veteran guy around you that can give you great advice and tell you whether you're doing a good job, you're doing a bad job, tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, and be completely honest. And I've always thought that would be a cool thing to be able to do. So, yeah, when I do something like that, absolutely. Just, just so I could help out, I'd be happy to.
6: Coach, last thing I got for you is this defense was, was 29th in scoring but third in total defense. What do you see that this defense needs, and do you think that uh, Dave Canales should keep ajero Vero? Well,
3: I think the biggest thing is, is again, you know, first and foremost, you, you, you can't rely on what yards are all about. It's really about playing the red zone. It's really about play on, on, on points allowed, uh, takeaways, stuff like that. I mean, it's great to have that, 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 that low number in terms of total yards. But, but to me, the real key more so than anything else is all the stuff that, that, that's about red zone, scoring, um, You know, uh, um, two-minute efficiency. It, 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 it's an interesting set of dynamics. I mean, he's got to sit there and he's got to really look at what's happened and is there improvement too take a look at the last four or five games see what that trend is those those are the things that can help you make decisions on on coaches and players more so than anything else you know and and then again take a take a long look at his total body of work i mean he's a good you know dynamic coach uh, has a great feeling and understanding of football and, he's, and he comes from a good background you know he's been connected with letters so you you got to really look at guys like that and just say wow okay you know maybe a little bit more work Maybe we're missing a player or two, you know, because, again, you know, we didn't take off and Sean McDermott didn't become the guy he became until we got Luke Deeply and a lot of people got our staff. This is a player-driven game. If you have players that can do things and make plays for you at the right time, you're heading in the right direction.
5: We dragged him out of his offseason oasis. He was enjoying his time, and we forced him to fix Carolina's problems already after having done it in 2011. <laughs> we appreciate you helping us out here, former Panther coach and Washington coach Ron Rivera on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Ron, go enjoy life again. We appreciate the time.
1: You can hear Wes and Walker, live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked, because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show.
7: We, of course, are uh, tracking everything that's going on in the Panthers offseason world, including uh, Dave Canales and Dan Morgan being down at the Senior Bowl. That is where our next guest is in Mobile, Alabama. Joe Person joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Readings from Mobile, Joe. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing well. Uh, sun is out. Uh, got to
8: watch uh, some footballs in the air today. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, hard hard to complain about uh, writing and talking about football for a
7: living. Very much so. Uh, so I know that you said this on uh, your Twitter account. It basically is the worst-kept secret in the world now. Looks like uh, Brad Itzik is the new offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers under Dave Canales, reuniting that relationship that they had in Tampa Bay. Uh, What do we know about the Panthers' new OC, and uh, what help and support will he give to the new head coach? Because it does seem like uh, Canales is going to call his own plays.
8: Yeah, for sure. The Panthers, I think, Derek Gant reported that uh, when when they hired Canales, that he was expected to be the play caller, and certainly I've heard nothing to you know, di- different than that. But it's an interesting guy. Like his, he, he's got a couple generations. His grandfather, uh, had ties to the NFL, but so did his dad, who you'll remember was the jets general manager. He was an assistant general manager. Uh, John is was in Tampa Bay, of course, where, where, uh, the son ended up with Canales. The two were together in um in Seattle as well so it's kind of starting to be a real Seattle flavor to this this whole operation with Dan Morgan and and Dave Canales and now uh, Brad Idzik but yeah Idzik's got an interest I was just kind of reading up on him for for you know my column in, in the athletic tomorrow but he he played football week for us and then uh after that though he did a or, or maybe during that he did a sabbatical in Cambridge hmm. and uh, he's got like you know math degree and, and he almost seems like he's going to be more of a cap guy than, than an offense coordinator but sharp guy and uh, obviously there's that familiarity there that we did not see last year on, with on Frank Reich's staff. Where uh you know, where Dave Pepper and Frank Reich and, and Fitter made this spring in and, and particularly Thomas Brown on the offensive side who had not worked with Frank Reich previously.
7: Obviously when you think about the higher in a vacuum panther fans are at least looking cautiously optimistic do you feel like the tenor of the hire changes with the news that we found out today that it looks like ben johnson is staying put in detroit
8: yeah a little bit and and it, it i had somebody ask me you know why they uh the, the panthers moved on from from ben johnson and you know i do think the money was was a factor i mean Dave Tepper's got a ton of money, like, you know, like newsflash. Hmm. But he, and, and and he was criticized for resetting the market with, with Matt Rule in terms of a college coach and what you would pay a college coach. But, I mean, like, Dave Tepper still doesn't like to be, feel like he's, you know, getting played. And I don't know if that was the case. I, I think that was part of it. That, like I say, you know, reports that, that, um, that uh Ben Johnson wanted as much as like fifteen million a year, which the previous high, is my knowledge, uh, of, of a first-year coach who was set last year with D'Amico Ryan's at ten million. So that was, this would have been really blowing the cap off of it. And then the second thing was, you know, I, I think you know around the league, and, and this, uh, my, uh, as I, as I've been told that this got back to David Tepper, that the understanding was that that Ben Johnson had his sights set on Washington and thought that, you know, I think everyone thought that was a done deal, including David Tepper. And so the Panthers, rather than sit around, uh, obviously Dan Morgan, as we talked about, has this very strong connection to Dave Canales. And uh, I don't know, you make, the, make, make an argument that maybe the Panthers should have been a little more patient, but, but you're right. I mean, the, the way things played out today uh, it would have been pretty a uh, very bad look for Dave Tepper to be uh, left at the altar two years in a row by Ben Johnson.
7: Thursday, the press conference with Dave Canales and Dan Morgan. Joe, you'll be there. In terms of your biggest unanswered question, what do you hope to find out on Thursday definitively?
8: Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, a question about a, a, a coming question. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I guess I, I, here it is. I'd love to know what their plan is for Bryce young. Dave Canales has earned a, a reputation in the last two years as being a quarterback whisperer. It would be cool if he is very specific and kind of lays out a plan, uh, for, for Bryce young. And, and I don't know why he wouldn't like, you know he's clearly watched a lot of tape of, of Bryce Young before he he interviewed twice with the Panthers. He he would have done his homework on the number one overall pick, and um, and it's not like it's going to be a trade secret. Like let's let's hear what how you think you can get Bryce Young going in the right direction, and uh, and and same with with Dan Morgan. Like how can you better support Bryce Young? That you know, in, in a fashion more uh, more efficiently than than Scott Fitter was able to. So, that's what I'd like to hear Thursday first and foremost.
7: There was the as we're talking with Joe Person, who's live at the Senior Bowl here. We'll get into that in just a moment, uh, but. There's obviously, you know, when you look at the way that the Panthers have structured their offseason, when you think about the hire with Dan Morgan, the hire with Dave, uh, with uh, Dan Morgan, I should say, the hire with Dave Canales and then the impending hire with Brant Tillis, it does seem like. There's at least more of an extension of this is Dan Morgan's shop, and uh, and David Tepper is somewhat of an overseer. Are you getting that vibe, or do you feel like this is a scenario where some of the same problems are, are still kind of creeping up from a meddling standpoint, or do you feel like there's less involvement from ownership in this in this point?
8: Well, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, it does feel like the uh, the Grant Tillis hire will, will is kind of a, a key component of that because as myself and others have reported they really are modeling this this new restructure in the front office on what san francisco has done and that is have you know football guys in john lynch and uh and, and kyle shanahan uh obviously run the football uh, and then uh, san francisco has this I don't even remember, executive vice president Mm -hmm. of football operations, Prague Morass, who is sort of like a go between, uh, between Jed York and, and football. And because Jed York before Dave Tepper, you know, there were, there were a lot of rumblings that he was a little too handsy in the day-to-day stuff in San Francisco. So. Uh, it's been a very good model for for San Francisco Sportsology, the firm that's that's working with David Tepper on, or, or had worked on with him on these searches. Um, they they were in San Francisco doing work with the Forty ers around that time. So, yeah, I think that's promising. And, and Brand Tillis, as you said, kind of the key to it, p- playing that role of Prague Murat. In, uh, in San Francisco. So we'll see. Um, I, I, I have spoken with with agents and some team officials here this week about what they know about Tillis. And he comes very, you know, a very sharp guy, like kind of of like the background we were talking about with, with Idzik, but, but even more so, like the first thing out of everybody's mouth that I asked was just how smart Grant Tillis has been in the chief's front office.
7: Talking with Joe Person here of the Athletic Sports Radio, seven WFNZ. I did want to ask you real quick before we move to the Senior Bowl stuff, uh, Giro Avero. what sense are you getting as how easy it's going to be to keep him in that role? Uh, Do we know that that's something that Dave Canales still wants and the organization still wants?
8: Yeah, they do. They certainly want to keep him. And Yeah, I I, I get both sides of this. I mean, you have David Tepper saying, like, look, you're under contract. And, uh, you know, we, we thank the world of you, and you, you and your defensive staff and your defensive players did a great job last year. We, we want to keep that intact. But then you've got Jero Averro, who, is, as you know, is kind of an up-and-comer and want, wants to be a head coach one day. And he did not sign, you know, when, when he signed with the Panthers, it was to work with Frank Reich or for Frank Reich. And that didn't happen. That didn't work out. And uh, you know, I I think there's perhaps some hesitancy about not getting in a situation or staying in a situation where you know on a, a team that finished two and fifteen last year and looks like it's going to be a, a fairly lengthy rebuild. And could that hurt Averro's head coaching prospects? Uh, you know, these windows can can close uh, on, on these candidates. So. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. And by the way, he's still, you know, in the mix for the head coaching role in Seattle. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if Dan Quinn's going to get that or not. It kind of feels that way, but but who knows what, with the way some of this, you know, this, this cycle is played out.
7: You are in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. What has caught your eye specifically in terms of uh, what the Panthers might be looking for?
8: Oh man, I'll be honest. I have not gotten to watch a whole ton of football. Uh, I I know that uh, the North Carolina wideout Devontae Walker, he was I guess goes by Tez. He he was very fast today running around uh, on the artificial turf here at at the University of South Alabama. Um, I I wanted to. I had hoped to really take a look at Xavier Leggett uh, from from South Carolina. Uh, that didn't play out because I was kind of chasing agents and and coaches today, but he's here with Spencer Rattler, a couple of Gamecocks. Obviously the Panthers aren't in the market for a quarterback, but, uh, Leggett, uh, is a big physical receiver, probably, uh, who knows, seems like he'll be there in the second round, but, uh, but i like i said i did not uh full transparency get a chance to see him uh all that much today
7: Also, Joe Person has a one-on-one chat with uh, Greg Olson on The Athletic. He has uh, done the media blitz. Uh, He was also on our air today uh, talking about the hardest art on gala coming up uh, here later on in uh, the month of February. But uh, you were able to kind of break some news about how uh, he's exploring all options. I found that very fascinating as you were kind of first on the scene with making sure that uh, Greg is uh, open to what he might be able to do next year from a broadcasting standpoint.
8: Yeah, that's a that's a crummy situation for Olsen. but he knew what he was getting into. Like they, this Tom Brady thing didn't just crop up today. I mean, they they've known this was coming for the better part of a year or more, and so um, yeah, like Greg, I mean, you you can speak to this better than I can because you're you're in the industry, mm-hmm. but but clearly. He's been overwhelmed. The, the reviews on him have been overwhelmingly positive. He's, he's smart. He is away a with words. I mean, he was always kind of like a locker room lawyer in Carolina, and I don't mean that in a negative way, just that you know, if you needed a, a comment or a quote from somebody on, on any topic, but especially kind of meteor subjects, uh, Olson was, was really good. He just had, had a way of putting things in perspective. We've seen that the last couple of years on these broadcasts. So I feel pretty confident Greg Olson is going to land on his feet, uh, be it with Fox, you know, maybe, maybe takes goes goes into that number two analyst role. And they, they see if Tom Brady's even any good at this, uh, because they know, uh, they know Greg Olson.
7: I, I have my doubts on whether or not uh, Brady is good enough or even better than Olsen, just because of the fact that, uh, like, I, I agree with you. I'd vouch for, for Olsen uh, on the way that he has handled himself, because I think he's uh, one of the best, if not the best, doing it right now from an analyst standpoint. Uh, Joe Person's stuff is always great at The Athletic. Uh, we will see you on Thursday, Joe. Thank you.
8: All right, buddy. Take care.
1: You've into Instant Replay. When the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Sports
2: Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.